At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain or that you won't get a sunburn or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western with over 4,200 hotels worldwide. Launching kids into the world is no joke whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. launch. Hey, Launch listeners, Jamie Ivey here. We had a great season. I mean, it was amazing. Lisa and I had some great conversations about talking with our kids about our bodies, about how different their kids are, about how to be friends with our kids, how to pick a school. Oh, I hope you heard every single one of those episodes, and I hope they were encouraging for you. I hope you listened to two moms who are in this with you, talking about the things that we did right, the things we did wrong, the things we learned, all of it. We're all in this together, and I also hope you loved our experts. We had some amazing experts on this season We had Catherine Garza, we had Holly Knight, Lisa Turkhurst, Rachel Cruz, the list goes on and on and on. But today I have a bonus episode for you and you guys asked for this and so here it is. We have an episode today with a mother and a daughter duo. I was honored to sit down with Crystal Hurst and Karis Ferris and just ask them about what their relationship was like growing up. You're going to get a lot of wisdom from this. My favorite moment is when I ask Crystal what she'd do differently you're going to want to lean into that answer. It ministered to my heart when she said it, and I know it's going to minister to your heart as well. Here's a bonus episode for you all about mothers and daughters with Crystal and Karis. Crystal and Karis, welcome to the bonus episode of Launch. Welcome. I'm glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Yes, thank you for having me too. All right, Karis, I'm going to have you introduce yourself first. Tell us who you are, what you do, and then we'll head over to your mom. Okay, so my name is Karis Ferris. I am a wedding photographer and uh, co-own a media company with my husband. I have four children under the age of seven, which is fun. Um, And I write and sometimes speak as well. And we might hear one of your four children uh, because you've got one in your lap. (laughs) Yes, we'll see if she'll be good today. All right, Crystal, introduce yourself to our listeners. Um, Well, I'm a wife, I'm a mom, five kids, four grandkids, as she already alluded to. Um, I've been writing, speaking, podcasting, videoing for, gosh, 10 years now. And I've been a mom as long as I've been an adult, a a teen mom, a stepmom, a homeschool mom, a blended family mom. I mean, I've, I've done a few things in motherhood. You've done a few things in motherhood, that is for sure. Um, how, well, this is going to give away some age here. Does anybody care about your age being all out in the Nobody world? Nobody cares. It's Nobody just a cares. Number. Okay, Crystal, how long have you been a mom? Been a mom since I was 19. So, Karis, will you be 32 this year? I will be 32. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. I've been momming for 32 years almost. What age do your kids get where you forget how old they are? Uh, gosh, I just think it's about the number of kids that you have. So then you just start, it's just the general area. I think they're 14, 15, something like that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Mine are all really close in age. And so I, I kind of can get it down sometimes. That is for sure as to how old they are. Well, you guys, I'm grateful that you guys are here. We're talking specifically about mother-daughter relationships. And you guys are mother-daughter. Karis, you now have daughters that you're raising that are younger. But I want you to go back, Crystal, and think back to that mother-daughter relationship at different stages, elementary, middle school, high school. What are some things you remember specifically about parenting a daughter during some of those times? Man, well, I think that I will say this before I get into those specific things. I heard someone say once, um, parenting a daughter is like the coming together of Velcro for the first time. And then as they get older, it's the separation of that Velcro for the first time. And then the coming back together is the reattachment, which Mm. is never as hard to detach after that. Um, mothers and daughters, I think, have the propensity to either totally gel together or repel each other. And so when I think about the seasons of motherhood with my daughter, that's what I think of. So when she was little itty bitty, she probably slept with me until she was five. Um, I think she would attest to the fact that some of her earliest memories involve going to sleep to the sound of my voice with me being on the phone with my friends. She would sleep in the small of my back and we literally were in not even a queen or a king, like a full size <laughs> double bed until she was like at least five years old. Yeah, that, that uh, between- definitely affected my marriage because I'm like, Josh, turn over. I want to sleep in your bed. Um, between five and I would say 12, I think that was a very stressful time for me because I was in college when I had Karis. So coming out of college and trying to, as a single parent, like make money and feeling the pull of single parenting. Cause all I ever wanted to be was a mom. All I ever wanted to be was a stay at home mom. And here I am a working single mom and trying to balance the need to work with her need for me to be there and not being able to measure up to my own expectations. And when she was little, it was like, it was hard for me as she got older and would voice some of her disappointment. You couldn't come to this or you're always busy or that kind of thing. And then it was, so I think then developed attention. Um, But in a normal way, 12 to 18, I always just say it is what it is because as a teenager, they're figuring their life out. And so are you, I probably gave her the most of my time in that season because we were homeschooling and I really enjoyed um, spending that time with her. Um, And I think we developed a lot of closeness. So there was the detachment and retachment because in that season, we did just a lot of things together. My husband traveled. I got married by then. So we had like a whole, you know, shows that we'd watch, evenings that we'd have friends come over. Like we developed a whole subculture life when he was out of town. Um, And then as an adult, just learning how to collaborate with her because she has her own family. She has her own goals. And in my mind, I'm still mom. And she'll be like, well, I have to check with my husband. I'm like, no, you don't. Just tell him you talk to your mother. So, (laughs) you know, it's just like an accordion. It's like close differences resolve, Mm -hmm. get close differences resolve. But I think that the mother daughter relationship for me is I feel like the just the best relationship ever because who really knows you? And Mm -hmm. once you can get to the point where you can accept and receive who they are that's different from you, who they are that's separate from you. Mm -hmm. I think to have a friend that's a daughter is one of the best gifts in the whole world. Hey y'all, Jamie Ivey here. I had my first child graduate from high school last year. I know it's crazy, but it was so much fun. And it was actually so much fun helping him navigate college. I loved going on school visits with him. I loved talking to him about what he was interested in. 
I loved going and visiting my former university that I graduated from with him. And I will admit, at some points, as fun as it was, I started to feel a little overwhelmed. I want to tell you about something in case you are in this boat. Maybe you have a junior or you have a senior, which I have two juniors right now, so I will be doing this again quite soon. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I want to tell you about a new website to check out, findyourchristiancollege.com. Find Your Christian College was created by the North American Coalition for Christian Admissions Professionals as a helpful resource for your college search process. The organization collaborates with hundreds of Christian colleges and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. When you visit the website, you can explore more than 225 Christian college options through the school search engine, filtering search results based on things like size, location, majors, athletics, and more. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S. These fairs take place each fall and spring, and if you can't travel, there are virtual college fairs too. Also available at findyourchristiancollege.com is a free must-have online resource called The Guide to Christian Colleges and Universities. Help your student to follow their path, further their education, and find their future. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. I want to tell you something that our family uses to help with healthy boundaries around technology and most importantly to stay present during family time. We love family time at our house. And what I know to be true is that our time is limited. We want to reclaim our time and establish healthy tech habits for our kids and our family. 90% of the time that we have with our kids occurs before they're 18. I'm living that life right now. And we know that our screen time is the biggest battle in most families today. I want to tell you about RO. RO is a whole family solution that aligns our actions with our intentions. RO is a technology solution for our technology dependence that combines the power of a motivational habit-forming app with the beauty of a defined place for our smartphone. So they have an app that's going to keep track of the habits that you're taking to spend time away from your phone. And they have a really, really great box. It sits on our kitchen counter where you can all place your phones in them so they can all be away from you during family times. Things like family dinners. Hey, we're all going to put our phones up. RO is an invitation to be intentional. It's a visual cue to put down your phones, to track and measure your time away while you do what's truly important. What happens is you'll put your phone away. You'll not even remember that you put it away. You'll have time with your family. And then you have an app that helps you see how much time you spent off your phone. It's a way to instill pride in your behavior, a pat on the back for a job well done, and a true invitation to the things that we all say actually truly matter. If you lean into RO, it will change your family life and culture. Check out RO at GoRO.com. That's G-O-A-R-O.com. Get one month free off of either an annual or a two-year RO membership when you use the code LAUNCH. Mm, I love that. Now, Karis, as you're looking back on those growing up and getting into the small of your mom's back and, and sleeping there and, and all those memories. Um, when you look back on those times, what are some things that kind of stand out to you as, okay, my mom might even have not known she was doing this, but this was really instrumental in either our relationship or your growing up. Do you have any of those you can think off the top of your head? Um, I, I think that my mom was extremely intentional about making sure that as an adult, I would be independent and that I would be learned, <laughs> learned. I don't learn learned. I don't know 
what the correct phrasing of that is, but that I was really good at whatever it is I wanted to do. So whatever it is I was interested in, she was, you know, put her full weight behind making sure that I got as much experience in that thing, as much, you know, tutelage in that thing, um, whatever interest I had, I think she was very, very intentional about pushing it as far as it could go. Um, so that I, well, I said that in a good way, um, just pushing it as far as, as far as it could go, um, really for me to learn, which I think has helped me a lot and, and has challenged me as a mom. Cause that's not my mm. personality at all to do that for someone else. But when I think back on what my mom did for me, it's like, Oh God, I gotta, I gotta do more. <laughs> No, Uh, I think that was really probably the biggest impact was just her intentionality Mm -hmm. behind making sure that I was able to do what I loved confidently because I didn't just love it, but it had gotten good Mm -hmm. at it. Mm, That's really good. You know, what I know from y'all's family from looking in and and being friends with people in your family for a while is that you got to have this real close knit family that you guys you gather a lot, you do a lot of things together. Obviously it's still a family and there's still disagreements and things and all that, but you really are intentional with the time that you're spending with each other. Crystal, as you look back on the relationship that you had with your own mom and you were growing up and you said you were a single mom in college, you've been a mom as long as you've been an adult. What are some things that your mom even taught you that helped you parenting your daughter? Oh, 100%. The first thing that comes to mind is to speak life. When I think of the things that I think about myself, that I think about my life, when I think when I think about what God thinks about me, what he has for me, even some things that have come to pass in my life, I believe that they came to pass because she spoke life. I know that Jeremiah 29, 11 is my life first because it's on the wall with my name under it in our house. I didn't just come from nowhere. It came from her. I have heard her and my dad both speak in into my giftings, my abilities, my talents, not to make me do what they wanted me to do, but for me to know what they are so that I could explore them. Um, I know that many times I would think to myself, I I should be doing more or I, I should be able to handle more in my life. And my mother would say, no, this is just a season. Your hands are full. You're doing a good job. This won't last always. She was very much so present as I think, you know, what Titus 2 womanhood is all about. Like another woman saying to you, like, this is how it goes. You're not getting it wrong. It's just a part of it. But I think speaking life in who I am and what I can accomplish and what my giftings are and speaking and speaking truth. Um, one of the things I loved about her truthfulness is it also wasn't always positive. <laughs> I mean, she was willing to call out for me when things were inappropriate, where I could be better, um, more together. Um, and uh, she didn't apologize for telling me the truth, even if it meant I needed to correct something in my life too. Mm, that's so good. Karis, you know, you've come from this legacy of great, strong women with your mom and your grandmother that your mom is just speaking of. And as you think about parenting your own daughters, what is part of that that you think that you've received from your mom and your grandmother and your aunts and everyone else in in the women that are surrounding your life? What are some of those things that you can think of that really help you as you pursue these relationships with your own daughters now? Um, I think the biggest thing is being very intentional to let them know that the just about the legacy itself. <laughs> um, so, you know, doing my best effort to make sure that they know my mom, that they know, you know, my aunt, 
that I'm telling stories of my grandmother constantly. Like I'm at a point now where I'll, you know, <laughs> I'll say, uh, I don't know. I'm, I can't think of something specific, but at the point now where I will just say something small about Nani and they're like, oh, we know, you know, because <laughs> I'm constantly repeating the same stories about her. Um, so I think just the biggest thing is what, that they know where they come from. Um, because I think mm. that's so huge for me, just knowing who I come from and, you know, legacy is a big deal to me. Um, and so I think, like I said, it's just passing on those stories and making sure that they know the women who are still here. Um, cause the biggest, I think impact for me is knowing and loving, you know, all of these women in my family is just knowing them. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. um, so yeah, yeah. I would just be making sure they know. A lot of powerhouse women there. Crystal, uh, Karis is your first. You've got four more behind her. I always say that my fourth child received some of the best of my parenting and honestly, some of the worst of my parenting. You know, I'm, I'm like older now. I'm tired, all the things. <laughs> but I've also learned and I can easily say, wow, I, I would have done this differently with my oldest that I'm doing now with my youngest. So as you look back on just your parenting journey, what is something that you could even use? Maybe here's where I realized I might not have done this the best. Uh, and how that can be an encouragement. Cause I think when parents are listening, we beat ourselves up, you know, we're like, Oh, I'm, I'm failing at this. I'm not doing a good job. I'm not doing all these things, but honestly, I really do think we're doing a lot better than we, than we think that we are. But I think it sometimes here helps to hear an, an, a mom who's ahead of us in a couple stages say, Hey, here's something I would do different. Here's what I look back at. And I would, I would change that a little bit. What it was, what is something like that for you? You know what? I asked my grandmother this same question and her answer to me was a long pause, my dad's mother. And her response was, you know, I can't think of anything because I think I did the best I could with what I had at that time. And I was like, that's not helpful. And then I heard (laughs) someone ask my dad, what, what do you think you do differently? And he said, I can't think of anything that I would have done differently because I think I did the best that I could with what I had at the time. So that said, I agree with that statement and I know that that's not helpful to anyone. However, I will give you some examples, but I don't think I could have done anything differently. And the reason why I think it's so important to say is because we're all just doing the best with what we have. So for me to look back is for is to say that I recognize that feeling, but also I want to say, give yourself a break because you're doing the best you can with what you have. I think any parent looks back and thinks, I should spend more time with my child, more distracted, undistracted time with your child. One of the things that Karis was saying to me frequently in the ages of nine, 10 and 11, as I mentioned before, my mom doesn't have time for me because I was working really hard. And um, between that, I was also doing other things like just being involved at church and stuff like that. And, you know, I was 25, 26. So I would have friends from, I directed a choir in college and um, we, one of the uh, people in the choir. It was a married couple. So, you know, 25, 26, like they're married. They had a whole big old house. So the whole choir, there was like a core of us that would go over there to hang out and she could cook. And we were just like, this is amazing. Well, none of my friends had kids. Mm-hmm. So Karis would be along with me. And while we were watching a movie that she shouldn't have been watching, she was in another room watching a kid's movie by herself. It was, it was the Green Mile and I was not in another room. I was watching from the balcony of that friend's house and I would never I had nightmares for weeks. <laughs> well, I put her in a room with another movie. <laughs> I mean, you know, get, going back, I think, I mean, uh, at the same time, she has great relationships with all these people to this day. They're like aunts and uncles and all that. 
But the thing is, I can see how if you're like seven or eight years old and you're always with your mom's friends and put to the side because your mom is having fun, even if like you're included in stuff, I can see how now they'd be like, I just get lugged around and my mom just sticks me in a room. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, but I also think that from that, one of the, I don't know if Karis got this from me, but one of the values I see her doing in her life, and I think a lot of young married women miss this, is she values her friendships. I see her making room, even as a mom of young children, to spend time with friends. And I think she's doing it better than I do, but or than I did because, you know, she leaves them with their dad and goes. Mm -hmm. But my point is, I think looking back, I probably wouldn't have done that as much. I would recognize her need to to feel like a priority and not just cast away. But I think at the time, I was doing the best I could. And I hope mm -hmm. that whoever's listening and whatever regrets or pain points you feel, you give yourself grace to say the same. It's so good. I was in a counseling session about maybe a year and a half ago. And um, for those that are listening, I have four kids, three joined our family through adoption, two came home uh, on an international adoption. And those first couple of years were just hard. Like, like no one's, no one prepares you for that. There's, there's no way to know what your kids are, 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 have endured all the things. And I was talking to the counselor and I was just saying, man, I feel like I was a really bad mom in those years. Like, I just feel like I missed a lot of things, all these things. I was just, I was exhausted, blah, 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 listed the list. And he's like, I want you to do something for me. He's like, I want you. And he pulled up this chair next to us. So it was me and him. And then this empty chair. And he said, I want you to imagine your 32 year old self is sitting in this chair, the girl you just described. What would you say to her? And of course I started crying and I said to her, you're doing the absolute best that you know how you're doing yeah. the absolute best that you know how, and it's okay. And that was a real freeing moment. Cause it's exactly what you described your grandmother. And then even your dad saying is, you know, you do what you do. And when you know better, you do better. And, um, I think that is really freeing for parents as well. And, you know, Karis, you're, I have been where you are. Your mom has been where you are with four kids under seven and, that was the story of my life as well. Um, from one mom to another, because a lot of our moms who are listening are in your same boat. And so I'm asking the tired to encourage the tired. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the overwhelmed to encourage the overwhelmed, <laughs> the hands full to encourage the hands full. But oftentimes we do have encouragement in the same season that we're in with other people. So what is something that you can say to encourage these moms that are listening with hands full and, and tired hearts, tired eyes, I should say, full hearts. Yes, I would say, I would say recently I was struggling deeply <laughs> with the overwhelm that is all of the mom stuff, the laundry. If somebody's hungry, they're looking at me. If somebody wakes up in the middle of life, I'm the one to get them. If, when somebody wakes up in the morning, I'm the one who has to fix them breakfast. Like, just the nonstop of it all. <laughs> like it is just completely nonstop. And in just really just like praying about it and just seeking out God. Cause I was like, this is miserable. Like I have to do this for the next like 18 <laughs> years. Like, and every time I have a kid, like my sentence starts over again. <laughs> like this is horrible. <laughs> so number one, Definitely in the same boat, like you said, Jamie, overwhelmed to overwhelm. Um, but just through the Holy Spirit's revealing, I just realized, you know what? This is a race. <laughs> it's, the, it's okay that it's tiring because it is a race. 
And um, when you fall down, you don't go back to the starting line. You just get back up where you fell. So, you know, when I'm tired or when I'm snapping at my kids or something like that, instead of retreating into myself and just, you know, having this shame party and this like just bouts of tears and then snapping at Josh and it just going into a downward spiral, just saying, you know what, let me just get up where I'm down (laughs) and just ask the Lord, you know, to give me the energy for the rest of the day. Give me whatever it is that I need to get through the day um, and continue on in this race. And then the second thing that I would say um, is don't trust your feelings um, because our feelings are not, our heart is deceitful above all things (laughs) and our feelings are not always um, a good I'm trying to think of a way to say it because I know this kid, this is like on the line a little bit because everybody is so feelings, you know, centered right now. But I do think when we begin to trust our feelings over the truth that is God's word, we really can get in a sticky situation. And what that looks like practically is saying, oh, my gosh, I'm just so tired and turning that into, you know, what my children are happy, <laughs> you know, and the joy of the Lord is my strength. And just choosing to focus on the positive things, choosing to focus on the truth of God's word in whatever your situation is, um, and just doing your best not to let your actions follow your feelings and let your feelings follow obedience. As a parent of a teen and also a young adult, but my teen daughter, I'm constantly looking for resources to help her grow in her faith and make it her own. At my house, Light Speaks Loudest is one of my favorites. The Light Speaks Loudest team creates quarterly subscription boxes specifically to help teen girls better love themselves, others, and God. My daughter's story is 15 and her and I both love Light Speaks Loudest because their boxes are full of authentic and trendy items like devotionals, journals, self-care items, and other accessories to encourage girls. She loves getting mail that is just specifically for her and I love what's in the box that's just specifically for her. Each season has a unique theme designed around relevant, important topics like body image, friendship, rest, purpose, kindness, and so much more. Plus, they support at least one teen business in every single box. I say it all the time. It is a tough time to be a teen girl right now with everything that our teenagers are facing from mental health struggles to peer pressure to loneliness to trying to understand their identity in Christ. And I'm really grateful as a mom to have Light Speaks Loudest as a partner in the process of helping my daughter and all the girls that they work with navigate these challenges with hope. You guys, if you also want to give your teen girl in your life a gift that's both authentic and fun, visit lightspeaksloudest.com. You can learn all about their subscription options. You can become a member today. You can get 10% off your first subscription box when you use promo code JAMIE10. That's lightspeaksloudest.com. Use promo code JAMIE, J-A-M-I-E, 10. Oftentimes our feelings can be these indicators of something that's happening and they might not be what is the truth. You know, they can point us back to that. in so many ways. Um, I was recently speaking with some mothers at like a mops group and they were asking about 
Like I just, I'm my identity is motherhood and all these things. And I said, honestly, here's what I'm starting to realize. And Crystal, you can probably attest to this as well. My youngest child is 15. So I, I, I have got the light at the end of the tunnel of we're about to send these kids into adulthood, whatever that might look like. And when I look back and I think about those hard years, especially those like 10 and under years, it's a blink. Like it is literally it's a blip in my lifetime. And so if I live to the average age of 80, the years I was parenting in my case, particularly because all my kids are so close is about 24 years of my entire life. And those are just like zero to 18. I mean, you know, so I look back and I want to encourage moms as well as those years, they are very, very hard. There's no way around that, but also to have this perspective that it's not like this forever. You know, it's not this, it's a new hard. It's a different hard. The next, the next stage is a different hard. Crystal, would you say that to be true as well? Oh yeah. And I used to hate it, you know, when I'd be at the uh-huh. mall with the double stroller and a kid strapped to my back <laughs> and some older woman would say, enjoy it. It goes so fast. You know, you're just going to wish for these days later, you know, the little toes. And I was just looking at them and saying, do you want to take one of these home? Uh-huh, I'll, right. give them one. I'll give one of them to you. But, you know, I will say this. I, uh, Debbie Titus, who's a good friend of ours, was a good friend of my mother. She just passed away earlier this year. I went to visit with her. Um, she had a cancer diagnosis for a long time. And I went to visit with her one time. And she just asked me how I was doing. And uh, she was in ministry. She would go to Brazil and speak to thousands and thousands of people. And she said, you know, had I known, she encouraged me in motherhood. She said, girl, just give it all you got. Because the thing is, is the regret on the other side of not doing it well will weigh heavier than the weight you feel right now making the effort. She -hmm. said, had somebody told me and reminded me of how much of my life this actually is. She said, when I finished raising my kids, I had 35 more years, like one and a half times the years I'd spent raising my kids. And I've been able to do everything I wanted to do, but I lamented so much what I couldn't do while I was raising them. I would just put my head down, focus on it, and make sure that I don't leave anything on the table for that season Mm -hmm. because another season is coming and I want to be able to leave this season and turn towards the next with no regret. And that's what I would say. Like, it is hard. It is hard to be constantly pouring out. Basically, you're like a nanny, a cook, mm-hmm. a chauffeur, all you know, above. a school counselor. Yeah, you're doing all of these jobs. It would take, you know, in today's dollars, it'd probably take, you know, upwards of $300,000 to $400,000 to replace you. So let me just speak value over every woman who's listening. Try, try replacing you. You can't do it and afford it. You're doing a worthy work. And the thing is, your kids only have one mom. So while you're doing it, Give it all you got. Take a break when you need it. Get help if you if you so desire it. Let people help you. Put the kids down for a nap. Make them go to bed early. Teach them to play by themselves. Like be okay, be healthy. But don't try to fast forward it. You will regret mm-hmm. that decision. And with that, we shall end because Crystal has brought it home. Uh, you guys, I really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with us today. And it's a joy watching you both mother from afar. And I'm grateful for your words of encouragement today and um, the legacy that you are leaving to your children and your children's children and all of that. And just thanks for encouraging our listeners today. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Editing assistance from Lindsay Barnett and Roger Abounza. Show notes by Nikki Ogden. 
Art by Noelle Rhodes and Maddie Byers. Original music by Matt Graham. Hosted by Lisa Whittle and myself, Jamie Ivey. Thanks for listening to Launch with Jamie Ivey and Lisa Whittle, Season 2. At Best Western, we can't promise you the perfect family beach vacation. We can't promise that it won't rain, or that you won't get a sunburn, or that your family won't endearingly call you Lobster Mom for weeks afterward. What we can promise is a warm welcome and a comfortable room amidst all the joyful chaos. Lobster Mom. Life's a trip. Make the most of it at Best Western, with over 4,200 hotels worldwide.